0: It is a different feel, though, too. I mean, it's a lot more, like, personal, because Zoom, all the meetings, like, it doesn't feel really real until you're, you know, in the same room, and I mean, maybe even to start it off, like, how much have you had to, like, you know, focus on the virtual side, and then now, like, how much are you, do you like, which one do you like more, what are some of the downfalls on, like, the virtual compared to the in-person for the meetings you do?
1: Well, for me, you know, uh, as a public official, Mm -hmm. I like in-person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Zoom, you know, it's just, there's a lot of downsides to virtual. I like that one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. It's similar to, you know, your customers. You know, you like to talk to your customers over the phone, but when you meet with them in person yeah. and you tour the job site or what they want done, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's more personable and you mm-hmm. get a better feel. So for me, you know, I can set policy, make decisions, pay millions of dollars worth of bills for whatever board I serve on virtually mm-hmm. but when it's in person you can ask questions to different department heads mm-hmm. and different things so I mean personally I, I like in person I, I don't like this virtual stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. With any elected officials that were like I guess older you know in the, the older generation maybe some people were pretty reluctant I bet with the technology I mean you probably had to do it for a little while though so th- how did that work out? For some of the older people.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it, us younger folks, yeah. we understand technology. Mm-hmm. You know, DTV, different things. We understand how to do different things. But you've got some of these older folks that serve on these different boards. And um, it's a learning curve for them. You know, I was on a meeting one time where someone didn't know their camera was on
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) I bet, yeah. So,
1: you know, and when you're working with all these politicians and policy makers and people that make decisions, you know, I like to have fun with it. Yeah. You know, but there was this one time where we had a board meeting, not school board, a different board. As you know, I serve on many boards, and we'll get to some of that. Definitely. But um, uh, the lady didn't know her camera was on, and she was, like, half naked. And I'm like, (laughs) like, okay, this is really interesting, Mm because if, like, that was me, it'd be all over the TV... And then, you know, it's somebody else, but it has its downs and and it has its upsides. Conveniency, Mm -hmm. when it's convenient, like, so there's some days where I just want to be, you know, a young person and I don't feel like going to a meeting. I want to go do something else. So there's sometimes I'm like, okay, I like that this is virtual because then I can just turn my camera off, you know, attend the business or whatever and not have to, show make a public appearance Mm -hmm. because anytime I go I get ready for it you know but when you're on zoom and virtual you could just kind of you know uh chime in and when it's a journey just click a button you go right back to your day so for conveniency purposes Mm -hmm. I think technology and also too with college Mm -hmm. so I'm finishing up a semester at U of M Flint Mm -hmm. before potentially going to law school and I think that us young people I think the the college respect Um, for virtual that's changed the whole course of how we learn for sure you know because some courses they want you to get you know uh, the vaccine to appear on campus or whatever I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. I personally am not comfortable with it so they make you take virtual classes yeah so you know but for me I like that because Mm -hmm. then you go at your own pace you don't have to report at certain times whatever so it's got its ups and downsides
0: yeah definitely and I mean, my experience back when I, I did a year at Adrian College, that was kind of my full college experience. I went there fall of 2019, COVID hit, and it was just like, I mean, I was just learning how to actually be a college student, how to actually learn and, you know, do college courses. And then it was just like a whole new learning curve. I mean, what, it sounds like you like that better now when it was in person. Did, I mean, what, what was your thought process on that compared to now?
1: Well, I think in-person is good when it comes to, you know, test-taking, asking questions. Mm. But when it comes to learning at your own pace, yeah. I prefer, you know, okay, Blackboard or whatever virtual learning they offer, I prefer to get, say, okay, this is the material, this is what's due, this is when it's due, and then you can work at your own pace. So when it comes to the public side of things... I like to be in person, but when it comes to like the learning side, you're kind of forced to like it. Mm. And I think that's kind of how we adapt. And this relates to the business sector too, right? Because I mean, for the longest time, uh, if you want to go to the secretary of state and get your tabs renewed, or if you want to, you know, order something or whatever, it's all done. You there's no more come in and visit. You know, a lot of businesses are translating to that. Method of um, operating too
0: we've we've done I mean that's pretty much the majority of the communicating that we do it's it's almost all online and I mean we we would love to meet some of these people in person but I would even say eighty ninety percent of the new connections in the last year that we've gotten have all been virtual so it's almost like is this person real kind of thing it makes you start kind of thinking but you still get that connection you still you know, are able to get an in-depth conversation. It's not like, you know, texting, obviously, where you can't even read somebody's emotions or mannerisms, but it's, um, it's a, it's a big different thing, but it's also, you know, there's, there's that, you know, kind of a downfall thing. And then the positive, like we've seen, there's so many new avenues that open. There's so many new people that you can meet and connect with and network with, because now everybody is looking for that channel, which is, Nation, you know, worldwide, nationwide, and I, I don't yeah, know if exactly. I was just going to kind of add on.
2: Um, so three of our biggest mentors so far one of them is in California, one of them's in Texas, and one's in New York. And um, with COVID and how everything transitioned online, I'm not sure if we would have met them and went that route uh, if it wasn't for just the force to virtual meetings and everything. Yeah. And like Austin was saying, um, at first it can be tough to kind of establish that personal connection, but. Um, after a while of talking to them, um, once you get to know them and everything, it almost feels like you've known each other for a while. And it's kind of um, cool in a way how everything's transferred a little bit where it's almost that hybrid feel, um, kind of like with classes um, where you can choose. Well, in my, in my position, I go to Florida State, so I can choose between online and in-person. Um, but in a sense, in the real world, you also have that choice if you want to do in-person or online. And um, I think there's different situations where one's more advantageous than the other. And um, that was another question I was going to ask too so the people that um, you deal with with all of your different positions are most of them local or are there people in other states or other regions that you deal with um, well that's
1: a great question because similar to what you just described it's a fine line because it's typically when you have a business or you're in politics you're dealing with people that are local and they have if if you have a seminar or something they fly people in Mm -hmm. so along the way you serve on all these different boards you get education You go to seminars, conferences, and you learn. And one of the things I'm noticing in this um, transition between getting out of COVID is they are actually, instead of flying in the business leaders or speakers to come speak to people on different committees, different boards, different businesses, they're actually having them appear on Zoom. Wow. And to me... That's 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 good in a way that maybe we would get someone we normally wouldn't get available to come to the state to speak. But it also takes away the opportunity to get a photo with somebody, Mm -hmm. the opportunity to talk to someone one on one, because you're going to a conference, you're going to a seminar and you want to hear someone live. You Mm -hmm. want to hear someone in person. And with the changes of everything, it's making it to where, okay, well, I'm in person. I'm coming here to expect to watch somebody, and they bring them in on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So it's good and bad, and it's a fine line because with your business and with what I do, you know, if a resident has a concern or something in the community or if you have a business um, a colleague um, that has questions on how to work the app that you have or whatever, you want to be able to have that one-on-one connection with them. So it's a fine line because... You want to be able to know who your customers are, and in my case, know who your voters are, your constituents are, but you don't want to, um, you know, break that barrier of their respect too, because there's a lot of people that they do nothing but virtual. Yeah, and so you have to kind of learn that. Okay, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't want to communicate with people anymore mm-hmm. in person because of the whole COVID and i think we have to respect that right. and i've learned to respect that mm-hmm. because at the beginning i'm like this is nuts this is i mean i'm used to seeing people face to face you know if i if i have a training if i have a guest speaker come in if i want to do business with someone i never get that one on one connection anymore but i've learned to put the politics at the door and just respect that this is the way it's going to go for from now on mm-hmm. and in my opinion i don't think it's going anywhere i think we're always going to have Virtual business, virtual learning. I think it's always going to be a part of our culture, yeah. a part of our learning experience, a part of our business transactions. And that's important because, you know, a lot of people, um, they view some of these things as, well, I don't feel comfortable doing business with someone unless I know who they are because there's a lot of scams nowadays. For sure. There's a lot of well, with all know, the cyber online, problems.
0: Yeah, like with all that, the right? online communication going on it's it's almost easier for people to lie their way into an advantageous position over a customer and well, exactly. which is very unfortunate but it's 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 there and it's it's the truth yeah. because
1: what the business you guys do because i as you know i'm big fans of your business appreciate supported it, it since yeah, thank day, you thanks for being here Yes, yeah, support it <laughs> since day one davison made i'm all about that um the the thing is is you've got people that are not willing to do business unless they know the company, they've done their research, and part of that research relates to this discussion on, you know, can they trust it? Mm-hmm. And they like to, to meet your customers. For example, you know, you guys work with a guy named Norm Fisher. He's one of my friends, and, you know, he talks very highly of your guys' company. He's, you know, a longtime uh, local resident, and one of the comments he actually made to me was, is I go with this company because I know them, they've been there for me, I've seen them, I've seen their work in action, and most of the time I'm watching the
0: work they do. That's very true. He does. Yeah, so <laughs>
2: norms he's one of our best clients. We, uh, we love Norm. And uh, one thing that was good with Norm is we got to know him before we made the app and everything. And it almost gave us that perspective when we went forward with this app, we had to realize that there was a lot of clients that might not be readily able, able to switch the app. So. Um, when we launched, we actually spent most of the time instead of marketing and pushing the app, we spent most of our time converting our clients over, um, helping them them through the process. I know Austin went to a ton of houses and just sat down with them, helped mm-hmm. them get set up. And I think looking back, that's a huge reason why um, our company values are so good and why we've had so many great relationships with clients, such as Norm, is because we actually focus on taking the time to sit down with them, that face-to-face connection. And a lot of people who aren't really used to the Virtual aspect of things, enjoy that face to face connection, um, even if the world is moving to virtual.
1: And honestly, it's that face to face connection that your business does Mm -hmm. that produces more customers. For sure. Because if you meet somebody, they trust you, and you have a conversation with them, and they know who you are, they know what you're about, they know your work is excellent, then they're going to go give you referrals. And they're going to say, We know these folks, we trust them. So, you know, it's a fine line because you want to keep searching for more business. You want to, you know, to go off what you said, seek other opportunities out there, or like you said, um, you know, seek other potential advisors, and you want to seize that opportunity. But at the same time, you don't want to take away from that Mm old-fashioned face-to-face interaction to keep the business going, to keep the customers satisfied, and to keep everything, you know, that this company is going to take the time to speak with you about your needs, what you need to be done, and how you can make a positive impact in their life and help them out. And I think that is the key is moving forward. We just need to make sure that technology is changing. We want to keep up with technology. We want a successful business to keep up with technology, but we just don't want to lose that old-fashioned connection.
2: Exactly. And kind of branching off of that um, in terms of, I remember you mentioned time management and how with the virtual school aspect, you're able to dedicate more time towards um, what you're actually doing in your career and towards board meetings and everything like that. Um, so how does your time management look? I mean, you have a ton of different positions. I mean, how many total positions are you in right now? I think like seven boards. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say it's, it's a lot. So um, what's your time management process look well, like?
1: Well, for me, you know, I, this was no surprise. Everybody that, go, that lives in Davison or the surrounding community or that attended Davison High School, they knew that when I graduated, what I was going to do. This was no secret. Mm-hmm. I was class president of my class all through high school. I was the head anchor of DTV, the local television station. Nothing has changed about me. I've always been consistent. I love politics. I love to make a difference through policy. And changes and whether we're going to fix this, hire this person, fire this person. I've always been the same. If you actually look at my history, mm-hmm. I've, it's been consistent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's starting off on student council, wondering whether we're going to bring those nasty sugary drinks to the um, lunchroom or whether we're going to have old-fashioned soda pop. I've been consistent. And graduating high school, ran for the school board, everyone laughed. They thought, okay, well, he was class president, but this is real world now.
0: This it's is the next level. Yeah, this oh, is oh, this aspect. is not yeah. student
1: council. Mm-hmm. This is real people's pension plans, paychecks, <clears throat> livelihoods on the line. You know, and there was a group of people out there, you know, that were laughing and joking about it. Mm-hmm. But then there was a lot of support. And when the results came in I realized how much support I actually had. So was elected to the school board. I believe in education. I think education is very important. And um, I go to college. I serve on my local school board. I serve on a billion dollar uh, credit union board, which my father tried to get on that board multiple times and he couldn't do it. And then I said, I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> and I am the elected secretary of that board. And what I do is I just look and see, okay, we have a community we have people that go to work 9 to 5, and they count on electing people to be their voice because nobody has the time to sort through all the financial documents. Nobody has the time to sort through all the details of the community. So what do we do? We have a government. People get elected mm-hmm. to then do the research and then make the decisions on the best decision for the public. And that's, where, that's what I love to do. I love to get the details, and if it's something that I'm not comfortable with or something that's not in the best interest of the public tax sales, because remember, the public pays taxes, okay? Taxes, everyone pays taxes for the most part, Mm -hmm. and the taxes then go to the local government agencies, Mm -hmm. and then people are elected to spend that money, so I am elected to spend the money of the taxpayers and I take that with the utmost seriousness and it's hard for me because like a few years ago Kevin Brown was the interim principal of Davison High School and um you know and some of my principals and different administrators it's 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 it's, it's really surreal on how this has come full circle because it used to be I was going to the principal's office. Hey Smith, you're late again. Or hey, you know, you can't keep taking field trips for whatever. And then now I sit at the table and I'm helping them be successful employees. Right. So, all in all, you know, as far as time management goes is when you're doing what you love. And like I said, I don't right. want to make this all about me. I want to talk about your stuff too, but when you're doing what you love and I know you can relate to this through the company is it doesn't seem like time is a problem because I just, I love my community and I feel like if you make the best decisions over time, people will realize what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. And what I'm trying to accomplish is make Davison the best place to live, work, and play. Mm-hmm. I want a safe community. I want the best schools and I'm always out there advocating for our schools. Always. You know,
0: we see it. on I mean, social media Carmen
1: Ainsworth, yeah. whatever. I just want Davison to be the best. And I'm not gonna sleep until it is. Mm-hmm. So that work got the attention of other boards. That we have a guy that's in Davison, and he's really making some waves. He's pissing a lot of people off because it, I mean I hate to break it to everyone, but if you actually break down the numbers and you get past the news media and the politics, you really realize that big decisions are being made. There are big things on the line. There are cover-ups. There are things that are being covered up from the public. And there are some big things going on. So that work that I've done in the little town of Davison has been noticed uh, by other county officials. So then I kind of started off at Davison, and then I branched out saying, okay, well, you've helped Davison. Now Genesee County needs help. Mm-hmm. And then my, my public service has expanded to Genesee County. And the more and more we dig into it, the more we realize that Genesee County is not the most ethical county. There's a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're working on different boards, and we're just trying to make the best decision. And once I got to a place to where you know I was an elected office and I was able to give back, I wanted to start bringing other people along for the ride. So I ran like 52 people and encouraged them to run. Just said, hey, we need more people because there's a board of seven, but if you don't have so many votes, nothing gets passed. Or we have this position that's open that overlooks the parks and recreation, the police department. We need more people to come along for the ride and help us make decisions. So over the last couple of years, once I got elected and I started making some changes, I realized we, I need to inspire other people to do this. And it's kind of like the work gas money does, is, you know, you guys go out and set the tone. You started this. I watched it. And now you're inspiring other people to come along for the ride and say, hey, you can make money, too. You can make a difference, too. You can have a good work ethic, too. That's what I did. I got elected, and I said, you can make a difference, too. You can get elected to school board, city council, county commission, state rep. You can make a difference, too. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think a lot of my story is your story, and a lot of your story is my story. And I think it all relates, because we're trying to obviously make money. We need to make a living. But aside from the money, it's not really about the money. It's about doing what's best for the community doing what's best for the public, and inspiring others to want to give back and make a difference, even if it's a small difference. So we ran multiple people, and not a lot of people know this, but we ran like 52 people, and like 46 of them got elected. So now we have this big coalition of people in Genesee County and surrounding counties uh, that are elected to public office. And now what we're doing is similar to what Gas Money is doing by recruiting potential uh, employees, vendors, okay? You are working with them to go out and conquer the goal, which is provide a good business experience to your clientele. And we're doing the same thing, but instead of clientele for Gas Money, it's the voters of the community.
0: So, very interesting how relatable. and As you continue to, to dig deeper into you know, your mission and vision statements, basically, it's, you know, it's your own personal brand, your personal business is what you're, what I see is what you're explaining and with your story added. And it's very, very, um, I mean, inspiring, first of all, because like Rob kind of brought up, you know, you, and you said you have seven positions right now. And that's what I find very interesting, because, you know, we're, we're in the works with other, you know potential startups too and things like that that we want to do but also gas money has taken up so much of our time to get to this point um because it has been it's been a duo team it's only been rob and i and i mean we have you know worked with our developers in california and india and um but when it really comes down to it the entire back end of that company all the gears have been worked on by just us and so we've always tried to figure out balance and how to uh you know work on this and forget about this until after we're done with this. And what I want to ask is, you know, do you have one day you go work at this board, one day you go work at this board, or how do, how does your time and your schedule look?
1: So the first thing um, that I want to say is, kind of like what you just said, is is we're a lot similar, mm-hmm. okay? You're out trying to get clients, bring people along for the ride. I'm out trying to inspire people to run for office, make policy change. And along the way, um, you've got people that try to knock you down, try to tear you apart, try to be competition to your business, and you just got to kind of block all that out. And I know we can go on that forever, Mm -hmm. but I just want to say that's one of the most important things, advice to people watching this that want to start a business or get involved in their community or whatever. It relates to anything, really. Mm -hmm. is you just have to, you know, if your heart's in the right place, you know you've got a good business model, you know you've got good um, employees working for you, you know you're recruiting good politicians, you're getting people elected, the voters agree, okay? You know that your heart's in the right place and you're doing it the right way despite what anyone says. Mm -hmm. Anyone, you know, whether it be competition, uh, a different business that's just like it, or um, opposition in politics is if you know what you're doing is right and you know at the end of the day that you're making decisions for everybody, Mm -hmm. not just one political party or another. Because there's a a big underscore uh, because a lot of people think that I am slanted one way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's not true. I am out fighting for Democrats, Republicans, Independents. I don't care what you believe in. Mm-hmm. I believe that everyone deserves to live in the best community ever, get the best education, and we should be fighting with each other for the common good. And when it relates to um, how do you balance it all and, and what does the day-to-day look like, mm-hmm. it really varies. Mm-hmm. Because, you know um, you know, one day I will be signing checks for the credit union, The other day, I will, you know, the same day, I will be having a meeting for the school board debating on who's going to be our next superintendent. Who do we want to lead the school district? And then that same night, I get home at 10 o'clock, and I've got an exam due at midnight, 11.59. And I'm scrambling to try to get an exam in by 11.59, Mm -hmm. and I just want to, like, take my professors and and shake them and say, Listen, you know, I'm taking a class about how to effectively get involved in the community. I'm already doing it, so cut (laughs) me some slack. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's a balance. But when you, when you do what you love, I work better under pressure. I, I, my adrenaline gets going, mm-hmm. so I just find a way to balance it all. But it just goes back to when you're doing what you love, it doesn't seem like it's a problem. And mm-hmm. you just make it work.
2: Yeah. And I think that can be summed up in one word, and it's really just passion. Passion. Yeah. Passion. Dedication. Dedication and passion, and that's something that we've had since the start. And You have. I've watched it. I mean, you as well. I mean, I remember seeing the DTV interviews of you when you were younger on your Instagram compared to now, five, six years later, on a big news channel doing the same exact thing on a larger scale. And in a way, that's kind of what we're working towards is um, at the start, we were just two guys trying to mow lawns, make some extra gas money. Uh, We saw that vision. um, We became passionate about it. And for the past three, four years, that's all we've been focused on. And now we're finally starting to see results. And I don't think there's none in sight. And I think you feel the same way. I mean, is there a point you want to reach? Or do you just want to keep growing as much as you can and keep succeeding and helping as many people as possible? I think, you know... I am big on being a Christian, mm-hmm. and
1: and I think that any business, any uh, government seat you hold, that you have to have faith in God, that God is helping you. And I'm big on that. You know, I know there's a lot of people in the community that you know don't necessarily align with the same thing, but everyone's, you know, can have their own beliefs, and um, I think you just have to let God guide you you got to continue to be persistent. You got to kick mm-hmm. ass every day. Every mm-hmm. day, you got to, you know, you got to get up. You got to ask, "Okay, what can I do today that will help further me for the betterment of tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep. I mean, there's going to be some days where you're going to have a setback and, you know, you feel down about it, but you just got to get up and 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 go kick butt. But what's amazing about the world we live in is the fact that, you know, here I'm on the school board. Mm-hmm. I'm handing him his diploma, getting pictures with him at his graduation Mm -hmm. over his graduating class, and now we're sitting here having a podcast with people we produce through our school system, graduates, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we're talking about how we can excel the community and our careers. And I think that is a testament of what this is all about, is, you know, you... Do what you need to do, but you go out into that real world, and it really starts. And that's what I'm trying to leave a mark. I think that's the biggest thing for me, to answer that question in full scope, is legacy. What legacy do you want to leave on this earth? Do you want to pay attention to the drama? Do you want to pay attention to the naysayers? Or do you want to leave a legacy that is superb, that's just superior, that, that wow, when he was on this earth or when she was on this earth, they made the best of it, whether it be a business, whether it be politics, whether it be educating people, giving students the skills they need, whatever it is. And I think legacy is a huge word that's not really used anymore Is because we're only this generation, and it's not just this generation, it's everybody, they're living in the moment. Mm -hmm. And they want to, you know, they're just thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about the full scope of things. You know, what legacy do you want to leave for your kids, your grandkids, your great-great-grandkids? And what I want to do is I want to inspire as many people as possible, get as many people elected as possible, and then they go out and make as many changes as possible Mm -hmm. working with me. And at the end of the day, we can say that we impacted hundreds of thousands of souls we made people's lives better and I think because I mean at the end of the day you know my goal is to make it to heaven
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think uh when yeah, judgment
0: that'd be a pretty good resume for I think heaven. so <laughs>
1: but when judgment day comes the question's not going to be how many followers do you have right. or what's this it's the question's going to be when you were on that earth okay did you bring people up and inspire people and do better for people? Or did you just go along with status quo and just, you know, age out? And I think I want to make the, the best of my life. I want to inspire others. I'm learning too. Mm-hmm. I'm not a perfect person. I'm learning too. You know, and um, I think if persistence, determination, passion, if we just keep that going and and keep that at the forefront, whether it be improving the business. You know, because in my opinion, there's no such thing as perfect. So I'm always looking for ways to improve myself and be a better person, learn from your past, and make the future brighter. Mm -hmm. And I think the same relates to gas money because, you know, you've probably done jobs before and you wish it could have went a different way. And then you learn the next job and you correct it. It's the same thing with me. You know, I've made decisions in politics that I regret. I regret. Mm -hmm. Um, I voted on things before that I didn't, you know, that at the moment I really didn't know it would go that way. So you, you live and you learn, you get back up, you're stronger than before, Mm -hmm. but you drowned out all the naysayers, all the hate, and you just stay focused on the mission. So there's a lot of people that are going to watch this that they can't relate to politics. They can't relate to business. This applies for anything you do in your life. Right. I mean, if you want to be, you know, um, really anything, as long as you stick to what you want to do, if you know what you want to do, don't let people knock you down.
0: There's always going to be somebody. There's always going to be somebody that has um, some kind of negative opinion about what you're trying to accomplish or maybe not even negative, just some uh, misunderstood opinion where they just don't understand whatever you're doing at all because they just don't really care that much about it because that they're caring about their life more. But, um, I mean, it's as you keep explaining this, I just, I'm relating everything to what we've done and what we're trying to do. I mean, we look way into the future, and, I mean, there's been so many conversations. Um, for all the listeners, you guys probably can understand this if you are in business or entrepreneurship um, or just have future goals that are five-plus years out. I mean, you can have a conversation with almost anybody – at a college campus, at a college party, or, you know, maybe just your grandma and grandpa at the, the dinner table. And it's unfortunate to definitely see that because, you know, they've already lived that life or even somebody that's way older than you is still not making any goals and any, any uh, you know, future, um, future steps in their life that they want to uh, reach for. And so as you keep having those conversations, don't think that, oh, maybe that's normal actually, what you are you're 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 a person that is going to make a huge difference and maybe uh, accomplish that that goal that you want to do because you're looking that far and then you're making the steps along the way that are gonna gonna get you there someday it's just planning that out and because if you live like you said every single day um, just thinking about tomorrow and not you know a week from now two weeks from now, you will really start to uh, you know, believe a lot of things aren't possible because you, you, you're not going to see any kind of overnight success because I truly believe. And I mean, you can probably say the same that that's, that's not true. That's, that's fake. You know, anybody that says that this guy was an overnight success or this company blew up overnight. Um, there was a lot of work behind the scenes or just in the past that that person has done that they didn't get any credit for. And that's, that's kind of a shame and. I mean, I guess to bring it back to your, um, you know, story so far, you put a lot of time and effort into getting to where you are today, and I mean, have you had conversations with some people that, you know, there's always that that thought in the back of your head that you're like, you you don't even know what I've, you know, what I've what I've had to do to get to this place, or, you, you know, there's always those people, and then there's probably always the uh, some of the people that. They understand. And it's so easy to, to see that, you know, if somebody understands either the business world or the, the political world and how long and hard it is to get to a position that you're in or we're in. Um, it's very easy to spot those people. And it's, it's unfortunate because the majority is the people that they don't see You know all the past that probably happened. They just think, oh, he he just got here, and you know, congratulations.
1: Well, and that's that's my biggest you know uh, pet peeve is Mm -hmm. when people look at a business and they're like, okay, well, they inherited it from their family. No, or when they look at me and they're like, oh, he's just a you know young ambitious politician that's you know uh, got a big ego or you know he's just uh, he got it because he had this or had that no i had to sacrifice a lot Mm -hmm. like you guys have to sacrifice a lot with what you do because you could be doing something completely different Mm -hmm. but you're taking your time and you're investing it in your own community you know when you go out and you do these projects technically speaking you are improving the community Mm -hmm. you're helping people out it's community relations in some aspects instead of just business And a lot of people, when they look at me, they think, oh, you know, he just, he got that position, or he did this, or he did that. The truth is, is I've had to give up a lot to get to this point. You know, typically people my age, our age, they're focused on getting a girlfriend, getting a house, partying it up, okay? And I'm not saying I don't, you know, get my celebrations in every now and then. Right. But what I'm saying is, is with me, you know, I'm all business all the time. I mean, I am always in a suit and tie, ready to go, ready to meet with people, ready to take a phone call from a resident saying, hey, we got a street light out or a a concerned parent saying, hey, this was taught to my kid. Can you fix this or whatever? And, you know, I just wish people listening to this knows that there's the, the the product, the success, or whatever you want to call it, and then there's all the work that goes on behind it that people never see. Your family, the support of your family, the support of, you know, God and him blessing you with that opportunity mm-hmm. and just all of the emotions. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I ran my campaign not knowing that I was going to be two incumbents, you know, and you're running against people that make way more money than me. Mm-hmm. have way more prestige than me, and th- that graduated me. You know, the person I ran against, um, you know, was on my diploma. You're taking on people that that you looked up to. Mm-hmm. You're taking on people that, um, you know, were leaders of your time when you were a little kid. And there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of stress. hmm you know, it's not all roses and daisies.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, I a big one that comes to mind, a big emotion is overthinking because yeah. I feel like when you when you are put yourself in that position, there are so many things that come to your head, like what if, what if, what if, uh, you know, a lot sometimes negative things. But it's it's all about being positive and really understanding that you know all that hard work. I mean, you're meant to be there because you you put in that time that and made the sacrifices that nobody else was willing to do, or else they would have beaten you. So that's, that's what it really comes down to. And I think the same for business. I mean, uh, especially like with the competition, um, you know, we, we actually just experienced a recent uh, competition, a recent competitor um, coming into play, which is great. I mean, we, Honestly, yes, um, money's
1: better, though. Yeah.
0: And just the thing about competition, I I love it. I mean, I've been a competitive person all my life, especially uh, from sports. You know, I uh, back in high school, just a little history lesson on me. I um, was kind of forced to start tennis by my friends that played on the tennis team my sophomore year. I'd never picked up a racket. And that's actually where I met Rob. Uh, We both got the last spot on the varsity team because they didn't have enough players. So they needed two more players and we were awful like we like i said we had both just pick up, picked up a racket but that that competitive edge that um and that's you know you can do well in sports i was able to work very hard to get to the one single spot and then also get some money off of a college education when i went but that can go into all aspects of life i mean working However hard it takes and however long it takes to be able to get to your specific goal. And that's why goals are so important. Um, and kind of what I wanted to wrap back around on a completely different side of things, but um, just kind of breaking down like your approach to how you've gotten to where you are with the sign guy. So you being the, putting out all those dang signs, how like everywhere, I mean, there might be a secret that you can't explain, but like, it's, it's very interesting to me on how you do it. It's crazy.
1: Well, it just goes back to what you just said, competitive, Mm. I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. So if I want to win an election, I am going to have visibility. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think that's what's helped the public get to know who I am because they see someone so ambitious out right. there working, mm-hmm. knocking doors. I mean, I lost like 40 pounds during that campaign. I knocked like five thousand doors, going door to door. And that was tough for me because I'm not one of them go to the gym, post pictures, all this stuff. I feel like that's, that's was, hard for a lot of people. Just yeah, I mean going. I parked my car at the beginning of a subdivision mm-hmm. and I would knock until I knocked the whole community. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, that's over 56,000 voters, so I couldn't reach all of them, so I had to send some in the mail. But, you know, that goes back to the beginning of this. We talk about virtual in-person. I think mm-hmm. the reason I am in the seats I am is because of those one-on-one contacts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you guys have repetitive customers, because you've made that one-on-one relationship with them. So, I mean, if you're out pounding the pavement, you know, wearing out two pairs of shoes like I have, too, and you are talking to voters, constantly engaging people, they'll put up a sign for you because they see someone who's hardworking. Mm -hmm. If you've noticed, all the criticism of gas money or the criticism of Matt Smith or whatever, there's not one slice of criticism that we don't give it our all. Right. Exactly. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah. There's not been one person attack gas money or me that at least I've seen that they've said they don't work hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I work harder than this guy or something like that. Yeah. That's, I've never even thought of that, but that's true. We're both in that same It's the truth
1: is, 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 is we're putting in hard work and there's a lot of people, you know, a good percentage of the people that whether they, if they poke fun at gas money or poke fun at you guys for making somethings of your life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you want to make something of your life, I want to make something of my life, and I want to inspire others to do the same, the reality is they can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They can do the same thing. Everybody has potential. And that's what really bothers me is there's a lot of untapped potential in Davison, everywhere. Yeah. Is there's people that, I mean, I believe everyone has a skill set of what they want to do. And um, I just believe that uh, everybody has untapped potential.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that we need to be the ones, whether through our business or through our politics, we need to be the ones to go out and say, hey, look, you know, you need to run for office. Mm-hmm. Or you need to join us, this incredible business, and you can learn an ethic. That's the thing is is what I've witnessed through your guys' company is it's not just about okay making a paycheck. In it's, fact, the paycheck is like the least of what you guys talk about. In fact, I don't right. think I've ever really I mean you've got to get customers, mm-hmm. but the fact is is you guys focus more on the ethics mm-hmm. and that's what I respect tremendously. Yeah. Is the fact that you guys want to take these young people, okay, and you want to teach them the the ethics the accountability, you know, build character, mm-hmm. and that's what you guys have done. Is you guys have taken these young people say, "Hey, look, this is a very competitive world." Hence the fact you just said competition's emerging. Mm-hmm. Competition emerges every day with me. It's politics. Yeah. But if you if you you know rake in the right people, no pun intended there, because you know rake. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was actually if, good. If, if you bring in the right people, okay, and you coach them you are producing more Robert and Austins. Exactly. exactly, and
2: that's you've said it perfectly. That's essentially what our mission is, and you mentioned a couple of the points, but we want, uh, a lot of people see gas money as just a platform you can go on and get a service done, um, which it is, but it goes way deeper than that, and that's where our brand comes in. What we've been doing with our podcast, with our merch, with everything is we want our contractors, these young adults that are um, hardworking, motivated, aspiring wanting to do good in their careers or start business of their own. Mm-hmm. And we want them to use Gas Money as a platform for them to interact with clients, build their communication skills, become good leaders, and just learn what it means to run a business and chase, use chase those Chase your,
1: d- your dreams.
2: Chase, right? Right? chase your, your dreams, dreams. yeah. Inspire
0: yeah. um, uh, to Inspire, that's another big one that yeah, we Yeah, exactly.
2: But just kind of using that this platform to help them start business of their own and a lot of people who have talked to us, um, especially when we first started out, they're like, so are you are just going to mow lawns the rest of your life? And we're we kind of laugh it off, but at the end of the day, any gas money contractor that's either mowing lawns or shoveling driveways, at the surface level, everybody just sees them as doing service jobs, but deep down, they're actually building experiences that they might use one day to start their own business or excel in their career, and I think that ties in with what you're doing in politics is trying to inspire these young entrepreneurs or young politicians or young adults that might not have an idea of what they want to do in life and giving them that push to actually go out and try something on their own. And it's really inspiring just to see how both of us connect like that. Well, to
1: to bounce off that, I have just a quick funny story. So we're talking about your business, successful business. I'm talking about politics. They both relate in the aspect of we're trying to inspire people to unleash their potential, and be a part of something amazing, whether it be government or the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know Gas Money focuses on younger folks and politics. It could range, but typically, I, as a young person in politics, have focused on, you know, younger, younger folks. Yeah. So there was a lady in 2020. Her name was Mary Miller, in Davison Township. Davison Township. So you got your City of Davison then Davison Township is everything around it. So like Menards, uh, D&W, Window, that's all Davison Township. Davison Township's bigger than the city of Davison. Okay. Okay? So I had a friend. Her name was Mary Miller. She was 89 years old. Okay? And I said, you've lived an incredible life. And she's like, oh, boy, I know where this is going. I said, you need to run for office. And she said, I'm 89 years old. You know, why would I run for office? I'm almost 90 years old. Mm. And I said, because you you are a burst of energy, you would be great as the township clerk who is in charge of the records, you know, like different records, you know. And um, I said, you need to give it a shot. I said, you really don't know if you can win. So this relates to what you're saying off of inspiring younger folks, whatever. But in my profession... Um, I've actually managed to get an 89-year-old elected. So what happened was is she ran, um, she paid her $100 filing fee, Mm -hmm. she got on the ballot, and she had no confidence, really, in the election process. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you are a great person, you got a great name, Mary Miller, it's a great name in politics, (laughs) stick your name on the ballot. I said, "You, you might not win. I said, in fact, I'll take it a step further. Okay, you probably won't get this seat, but let's just try it Mm -hmm. and see what's going on. So she runs in a competitive field against like three or four people. No one in Davison has ever heard of her before, but she put herself out there. She put her resume. she, She tapped that potential that I'm talking about. So on election night in the primary and then in the general, I get a phone call from Mary Miller. And mind you, I've got all these other races going on. I'm watching county races, local school board races. The township clerk was just one little percentage point of all these races I'm watching. Mm -hmm. So I get a call from Mary Miller, and she calls me, and she says, Matthew, why is my picture on the news with a checkbox next to it? I said, hold on, wait a second. Pull up the numbers. She won by 11 votes. She won the election, becoming the oldest elected official in Genesee County history. And now we're working on getting a bench named after her in the town. But she's passed away, bless her heart. But, I mean, come on. Anybody can do anything they put their mind to. Exactly. Whether you're young, old, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. And I, can't, I yes. can't imagine
2: how good that must feel from your perspective. Too. It was a
1: great, amazing feeling. And it, And honestly, the young people and stuff that have their minds made up about different politics or the older folks... That was just like a full circle moment for me that, wait a second, this is not just a young movement or an old movement. This is an everybody movement. You can take everybody along for the ride, inspire everybody from 18 years old to 89 years old. Mm -hmm. You can bring everyone along for the ride. And it was just, it was like awesome to me. And then she got elected, and at 90 years old, she came to work every day. And she had the perfect attendance record, and she turned out to be one of the hardest-working elected officials
2: for us at 90 years old. That's awesome. And just the parallels we've seen, I know we've mentioned multiple already, but we also, when we started Gas Money, we thought our main focus was going to be the 16- to 24-year-olds. And that came to light. That's true. That's our main focus. We're focused on empowering young adults. What we didn't realize is we're also branching out to older clients right. who are elderly, who have no experience with using technology. And I know I brushed on this before, but we'd have clients who didn't know how to download an app on their smartphone, I don't, walk them through. Most of them don't have smartphones. Yeah, most of them well, don't. Well, the
0: crazy part is there was some people that had a smartphone and all they did was like call. It would be like their their son or daughter or grandson would just show them. They were like, "I don't. All I want to do is call because every time I click a new button, I I mess it up." You know that that's I would hear that so much, and you can
2: yeah. So basically, what we did is I know I explained it earlier, but we'd go out there, we'd sit down with them, and they'd say, "I can't use an app. I don't know how to do this." Mm -hmm. And we'd say, "We're here to help you out. You should be able to use an app after we talk to you. And if not, we'll still work for you." Ninety nine percent of the people all elderly, at least 60, 65 years old, after we sat down with them, taught them how to download the app. Not only were they able to use the app, do payments on their own, communicate with contractors, and as they practiced, they obviously got better. But also, we had a couple people who mentioned that they were able to download other apps and start using their phone more for what it was meant for. And I know it's probably not as similar of a feeling as you had with uh, Miss Miller, but it definitely helped us a lot, and it felt really good. Because we're helping these older people learn how to use technology. Oh, no,
1: it actually really relates. Yeah. Because when she got elected, um, it was her job to uh, prepare all the tax statements Mm -hmm. and use the computer. And she never even worked with an email. Wow. And if you want to get any record from the township, guess who you got to email? The township clerk. Mm -hmm. So she had everybody emailing her. So it's like, it was just such a moving experience because, and it's not just her. I mean, this past election... Uh, we had one of my buddies who was a correction officer in Lapeer, um, you know, I said, hey, we have an open township treasury seat mm-hmm. for Richfield Township. I don't know if you ever heard of Richfield Township, mm-hmm. uh, where Hunt Farms is, the Hunt family, great people. Yeah. Um, and in Richville Township, there was an open treasury seat. So we ran uh, Mr. Green for treasurer, mm-hmm. and he won by 10 votes. And now he is starting the process of working on getting tax bills prepped and everything. But I mean, I could go on and on, but the, the Green story, the Miller story, that's what I love to do. Is it's, there's just so many people that I've ran for public office yeah. and they've won. Like I said, we've ran like 50 some odd people, and 40 40 some odd have got elected, and that's only in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to do this, and we're going to continue to inspire people all across Lapeer, Genesee, Oakland, and most recently, the person that's been watching me do this forever. Inspire people to run and do this was my mother. Yes. Congratulations. And, thank well, you.
0: congratulations to you. <laughs> yes.
1: And so I said, Mom, I said, You've been watching me run people for a long time, change our local government for the better. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for maybe you to run. And she's like, I would never get elected. You know, all the people out there, they don't want me. I mean, I said, But just put your name out there. Put your name out there, run for office. And just see what happens. So my community college is one of the you know largest community colleges in Michigan, and it services all of Lapeer County, Genesee County, Oakland County, and Livingston County. So it's a big district. It's a bigger board than what I serve on, mm-hmm. and that's what she said. Is she said, son, you know why would you run me for a larger board than what you serve on? You know that would make me like ahead of you or something. I said well, I don't care. I ain't in this for the rank. I mean, eventually one day maybe I'll look at a higher office or whatever. But I said, I'm I'm all about inspiring people and, and getting people elected and, and making changes. So she puts her name on the ballot. She runs against two very popular incumbents mm-hmm. that have held that seat for a very long time. They had the UAW behind them. I mean, and the election results came in. We were driving down the road, and we both just start crying. Because, yes, I do have an emotional side. I'm not all... You know, I do, I have a heart, and we're driving down the road, and she was declared the winner on all the radio stations, TV stations, and we refreshed the numbers, and every time we refreshed the numbers, she would gain 10,000 votes. I'm like, holy shit. So, all in totality, she got about 74,000 votes. That's got to
2: feel really powerful, because growing up, I'm sure your mom was one of your greatest supporters That's all she did was support
1: mm -hmm. me. And then now I'm watching my mom get, like, way more votes than me. It's a lot of votes. (laughs) Yeah, and now, like, everybody in Lapeer County loves her, Mm -hmm. Genesee County. I'm like, maybe you were meant to do this, but that's why I'm in this. Because if someone comes along and they're part of me coaching them and they turn out to be better, that's Mm -hmm. what I want. I want people, I'm not looking to, there's a big misconception about me. I'm not looking to always be the best or do the best. I love what I do. I want to keep doing it. I'm going to protect my elected seat. Mm-hmm. But my goal is to make sure that that the people I pass down to are better and inspired more. And mm-hmm. they have more skills. and that And that relates to your company, too. Because when you recruit young people, you want to teach them what you didn't do right or how to be better individuals
0: it's it's directly relatable um because what we tell and i think you know on different podcasts that we've had we always talk about that um our company is very different because we're focused on the niche 16 to 24 year olds the young generations the young adults and we are still a part of that and we lived every single thing that we talk about So that's with all of the experiences that we've gained through living it because, you know, I don't know how much you look into business and things like that, but there's so many companies out there that either are copycats or just sometimes a roll of the dice that works because it was a good idea, but they they didn't live the issue that they were trying to solve or the problem that they were trying to solve. But normally the best businesses are the people that would be using that product that they built for the world. And this is literally exactly what we needed when we were going door to door or, you know, just wanting to make some extra money on the side because we were busy with high school and uh, or college. And so that is so crazy that how, how directly, you know, relatable that is. And that's exactly what we want to use. All of those experiences, all the life and the knowledge that we've gained to put that into our company so that those young adults can then learn that without having to jump the hurdles that we had to. And that, that just, you know, every single year, every single new knowledge point that we are able to put on here, every single piece of new content, is going to be able to push the younger generations forward that much faster. And that's, that's, that's our goal.
1: Absolutely. So, I think the more people you can inspire, the more people you can take along for the ride, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be. And I think, you know, with what I've witnessed through your company, um is you are constantly trying to improve the lives of young people, improve mm-hmm. people, and, and and teach them the ropes of how to compete in a global economy. Yeah. Because it is very difficult, you know, with um with different things going on in the world around us mm-hmm. to compete, to be to have that competitive spirit. A lot of people just want to throw in the towel mm-hmm. and not even try. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what gas money does is I think, in my opinion, what it's doing is it's not only servicing people locally or wherever mm-hmm. with the app; it's taken off everywhere. But it is teaching people that um, they can unleash their full potential, you know, within their own community and and develop a bond with their neighbors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: their you know friends, their family. And when you have a business that's doing more than just making a buck, you know you're doing something right.
0: Exactly. And I think and it
2: comes down to connecting people, and yeah. that's something you can probably re- relate to as well. Mm-hmm. Is with our business, um, going out and door knocking and um, doing all the things that we did that you've also mentioned, and just trying to connect with people, form relationships. It's really empowering because there's a lot of people that would have never met each other or never formed relationships if it wasn't for what we've been doing. And um, it's just inspiring just to connect the community and really try and build it up, just similar to what you've been doing.
0: And like what you said, too, um, you know, showing the young generations or anybody, you know, like like with your politics, showing anybody that they have that potential, but you are infusing some of your confidence in them to bring that out. And it's it's almost like chipping away at a little ice ball just full of, you know, all their potential and you're helping them chip that away so that it can it can release
1: just before I got here. I got a phone call from a young lady. I won't mention her name, mm-hmm. but I got a phone call from a young lady that um, we just got elected to city council. And she has been waiting all of her life for a break, meaning a moment in time to where she can actually feel like she's somebody, mm-hmm. where she has potential. She's not just this waste of space that this generation is falling into. Mm-hmm. And we ran her for city council, and she did not know the position was available, and it was a two-year seat, partial seat, and she, she ran. She won as a write-in, which means she was not printed on the ballot. <laughs> and now um, she is elected official for her city uh, just south of us. And she just called me crying, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I can't believe that I made something of my life. And I said, that's what life's all about. Is inspiring others, making things. And I'm going to be honest, when I first got elected, I got cocky. I was big for my britches. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go in there and show them who's boss. You know, they tried to say I couldn't win, I won. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of started off with uh, being rebellious Mm -hmm. and being very vocal with my viewpoints. But then I kind of humbleized a little bit once I've been in there. And I realized, wait a second. You know, this is not about being the loudest voice in the room. It's about who can get the most stuff done and who can, you know, bring other people. I'll say it again, bring other people along for the ride. Mm -hmm. It's very important that as we move through this thing called life that we, um, we realize that other people can make it if they're just tapped on the shoulder. And I think it's very, very important that if people are watching this right now and you're at a point in your life where you don't know what you want to do, and you're lost, my advice would be to pray about it. And if you have a burning passion for something you want to do, but you don't really believe that you can make it, mm-hmm. just try it. Yeah. Put some feelers out. Just try it. You never know. I mean, I never thought in a million years that I would go from class president to the local politician to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. and then now getting his mom elected and 50 other people. I didn't think it would ever happen. You tried it. But I tried it. I put myself out there, and the public was receptive to it. The Mm -hmm. public wanted it. So, you know, it's the same thing with gas money. You guys had, like I said, with me it was no surprise what I want to do. You guys with Davison, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming you took marketing classes, okay? You guys knew what you wanted to do from day one. Mm -hmm. Some people, they know what they want to do. They have a calling. Other people... It takes a little bit to figure out what that calling is. Mm-hmm. So that's where people like Gas Money come along and the Matt Smith with the politics. We come along and uh, us type of people, we guide them into saying, okay, we kind of were you know, self-starters, not saying other people weren't self-starters, but we kind of knew what we wanted to do and we stayed persistent. Now look at what we're doing and you can do the same thing no one 's perfect. no one will ever be perfect. There will be mistakes made. But if you stay persistent on what you want to do with your life, you can achieve it
2: exactly, exactly. and that 's I love what you 're talking about how you should just go for it because one of the biggest regrets that you 'll have in life is regretting the things that you didn 't do instead of the things that you did do and with us with gas money, if we wouldn 't have had the app that we made or if we wouldn't have if we wouldn 't have tried it out we would have always wondered what could have happened if we would have went for it. And it's actually kind of funny, um, just to bring up the perspective, I didn't always believe in the vision. Um, When we first started mowing lawns, we actually had, Austin and I had a big argument because we were at the point where um, we had our lawn care business, we had clients, um, a couple of our friends were working with us, and it was time to decide if we wanted to start an LLC and start paying for insurance, start paying taxes or if we wanted to scale it back and quit gas money after high school. And Austin, from the very start, was very business-oriented. He was talking about entrepreneurship before I even knew that was a word. I remember he was down here with one of our friends, Jackson, talking about businesses, talking about entrepreneurship, and I was just sitting there um, being somewhat a nerd, not really a nerd in high school, but I was a valedictorian. I was so focused on school, I didn't understand the business world. And from my point of view, I was on track to become valedictorian, I was going to be an actuarial scientist, which makes a lot of money a year, is um, very demanding but also very rewarding, and it would take a lot of commitment, and in my mind, that was a perfect career pathway I'd be set. I would have 40 years at work, retire, have a nice life, whatever. But what I failed to realize is with gas money, there's no limits. With the actuarial science in my head, I knew what I was going to make, I knew what my life would look like. And at the time when we were starting gas money and making that decision if we wanted to go forward or quit, um, it was really difficult for me because I didn't know what the future would look like if I went forward with gas money. and I remember it vividly I know Austin does too, I do we, were too at, yeah. we were in my old house and we had an argument we were, we were yelling I don't know if we were yelling, but we were pretty oh uh, yeah, I we mean, were pretty heated. I, yeah, my uh,
0: voice was definitely raised <laughs> yeah. at, the,
2: at the end of it, I mean I, he went home, um, I sat down and thought about it and I asked myself the question, if I don't go forward with gas money, will I ever regret not going for it and not seeing what it could become? And I couldn't get over the fact that there was a possibility I wouldn't know if we would have succeeded or not. Mm -hmm. So that made the decision for me. Um, The next day we got together, um, we got the LLC started, and um, we got the insurance, we got everything we needed to do. And it was just really powerful because looking back, that decision at the time, seemed like a no-brainer to go with actuarial science, but um, by opening my mind up and really thinking about it, I, I think that would have been one of my biggest regrets if we didn't go for it. And it's, it's just crazy because um, sometimes it takes a little push, like you've mentioned, and that's what we're trying to do, um, to open your mind up and really just set out and do something on your own. So that was kind of my perspective mm-hmm. from it. And
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at all success stories... And I'm not saying that, I mean, we're a work in success. We're working towards it. I ain't saying we're perfect. (laughs) We're working towards it. We're doing something with our life. That's the most important thing, Mm -hmm. is if you look at the people that knock us or whatever, they're not really doing anything with their life. We're working towards a goal. Mm -hmm. But if you look at most success stories, there's a pattern that that occurs. Okay? They had their life all planned for this, and then the success came when they took the risk. Right. And I think that's very <clears throat> important. And, and for you, you know, you could have had all of this and just focused on that, but you chose to do this, and there's a reason that you did that. I believe everything happens for reason and faith. Yep. So for me, okay, I could have listened to some of my advisors, some of my people, and say, you know, don't run for this office. You'll never win. What if I would have not ran? I would just be another aspiring politician that didn't make it.
0: Right.
1: What if I would have listened as early as earlier this year, when I had people calling me, screaming at me, saying, "Do not run your mother for office. It's a bad look. Mm -hmm. You're already elected. She doesn't need to be elected. Anything." I said, "But she's a court officer. She works with children. Mm -hmm. If I would have listened to that advice." You wouldn't have had 74,000 votes So you have to break down Your personal barriers Within your own mind Like you described But you've also got to break down Barriers of negativity mm-hmm. Okay You cannot allow Whether you're in business Politics politics, or zolitics, Whatever it mm-hmm. is yeah. Okay You can't let anybody Control your destiny I mean we are very lucky to live in America. And I'm not trying to sound like this is some star-spangled banner bullshit, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying we're very lucky to live in a country. Like if you were in China and you tried to start you tried to start gas money, I mean yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. So and you're lucky that you um go to college in Florida because Florida is like the face of mm-hmm. free market, free this you know, that's that's what the rest of the country needs to look like, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and the weather. Um, <laughs> exactly. But uh, thank weather. God for Austin's uh, stove oven over there for keeping us warm. Yeah. But the fact of it is, is you cannot allow other people to control the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You've got to control your own rhetoric. If you guys would have listened, okay, to your first hater a long time ago that said, really, an app or this or that? and you would have allowed that rhetoric to control the company, you would have quit a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If I would have read a tweet or someone that said, he doesn't deserve this, he's an idiot, and I, if I would have caved a long time ago, I wouldn't be where I am, running my mom, running other people, inspiring other people. We've got to keep our foot on the accelerator. Mm-hmm. We've got to keep going and keep unleashing that potential and keep taking those risks. You know. What is the saying? You know, high risk, high reward?
0: Uh, yeah, well, no risk, no reward. Yeah,
1: that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so that saying right there, I think that's important. I think okay. it's important to take risks. You know, there's going to come a time where you guys might have a, um, a new employee, and he might not be, you know, have everything. He or she might not have everything at the beginning, but you work with him, and you might find out that might be who you toss the company over to upon retirement. Right. You just never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just constantly got to be setting goals. Mm -hmm. And I think goal setting is important because I think, you know, you can't achieve anything if you have no formula of how to
2: get there. Exactly. And with the the no risk, no reward thing right now at our age is the best time to take a big risk because we don't have a family to support. We don't have a house that we're paying for. Money is not necessarily as big of an issue as it would be if we were trying to go forward with our lives and pay for all of these things, support a family, etc. Well, same thing so, with me. I'm
1: dorming at home because my college is 10 minutes away. Exactly. Well, there's no yeah. point of staying on campus if mm-hmm. I'm 10 minutes away. So that's why another piece of advice I just got to get out there is people that are still going through college, you know, living at home, you know, stay blessed with that opportunity. For as long as you possibly are allowed to do it. What I mean by that is, you know, cherish your family, cherish your loved ones, but take the risks and, and make, the, make the move now mm-hmm. on your career while you have the ability. Because once you have to start going to the workforce full time, paying your consumer's power bill, your you know, electricity bill, all of those extra expenses, mm-hmm. it becomes very difficult to start a business. Because you don't have the time to do it because you're working 60, 80 hours a week. Right. So the, the earlier, the better. If you're watching this right now and you have not taken that initial leap into success, okay, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Like I'm talking like as soon as you turn this podcast off, start <laughs> analyzing what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody that already knows what you want to do and you have a mission go for it. Full-fledged. Yeah. Don't stop. Now's the time to do it. And us young people, we've got to stick together. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to stick together and, and bring people in on this. And now's the time to go out there, set goals, reach the goals, and then shoot even higher.
0: For sure. And um, I think one thing, too, that I really want to focus on, um, and we do with gas money is, is basically just what you just said. And what we want to try to take away from a lot of people's mindsets these days is that there are milestones that you have to hit in your life. You know, there's, there's getting through school and then you got to go to college and then there's going to college and you got to find a girlfriend through college. And then there's getting that job and And that's your nine to five and you work, you know, 40 years or however long until retirement. You got to marry that that person by, you know, 24, 25. And then you got to have a kid before 30. And then that's your life.
1: It's like a cookie cutter.
0: And for me to even just say it like that, it's it's because and I don't even obviously think that way, but I see it so much. And that's exactly why it's called
1: status quo. Right. And that's the thing is status quo works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they they follow the whole trends and everything, but I like to break status quo. I like to set new trends, mm-hmm. new goals. I like to break barriers. Yeah. And I like to, you know, try different things, experiment with different things and see what works and not be afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot if you had like to write down the formula of how you get to a point to where you know you are halfway through or whatever to where your goal is, is you've got to be different. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to you know not be the cookie cutter mentality where every cookie looks the same. You've got to like make your own cookie.
0: Yeah, when sometimes everybody's going right, you got to be the one that goes left. Um, right. You have to you have to be able to make those. Uh, at, at that point in time, controversial decisions, because everybody has that, you know, cookie cutter, whatever mindset on any decision, because almost, you know, status quo is not just about life, it's about decisions you make in life, it's about, you know, what kind of car that you buy, because you want to impress your neighbors, or what kind of house you have. So it's really figuring out what decisions are going to get you to that goal that you have in mind. And a lot of times, if it's a big enough goal or, you know, you really really want to go for it in life, it's going to be a much different pathway than 99% of the people because that's why there's a 1% and there's the 99%.
1: And the first question you've got to ask yourself before you get into career, before you get into business, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whatever, the first question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to be myself and be me? a unique individual that I am, mm-hmm. or do I want to be artificial? Yeah. Okay, because this generation, whether it's in business, politics, whatever, people like to be artificial. They like to be fake. They like to you know, be something that they're not, mm-hmm. and that's a turnoff. And in the end, it's just going to cost you mm-hmm. because you have to be true to yourself of who you truly are because then everything else just falls into place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, being yourself comes with its downsides. You do stupid stuff sometimes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Be your, just be yourself. If you want to do something, do something. If you want to be with that person, be with that person. Just do what you believe and your heart is right because if you're happy with yourself, you're going to have a better outcome. And that really relates to business success and overall success.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You've got to be happy with yourself because if you're not happy with yourself, then nobody else is going to be happy with you. And if you try and fit in with the status quo, with that cookie cutter type thing, um, there's a lot of times where you might not necessarily fit into that. And that's kind of what I learned through gas money and doing business is that um, I grew up my whole entire life thinking I was meant to go into a career. I was meant to do this, I was meant to do that. And then I realized that that wasn't me. That's not what I wanted to do with my life. I was just doing that because as somebody who's going to be the valedictorian, everybody's going to expect me to go to a nice school to get a high paying career and be set. And frankly, right now with gas money, um, we've been working hard. And I know uh, Matthew mentioned it earlier. Um, we're not successful yet. We're working on it. We've had little successes. Success and
1: progress. All, of, success us. And all progress. of us. All and
2: progress and we're successful. We are successful in a way that we've had success. And I think this is universal, um, whether you're in a career, whether you're in business, whether you're in entrepreneurship or um, politics, is once you experience one small victory, you become even more hungry for the next victory. That's right. And then the next victory that's and the right. next one after that.
0: We talked actually, we have this new segment on our podcast where we do like 20 minute or less conversations every week. We're trying to you know keep the content going. So that's going to really help us. And um, basically focus on one topic and we call it weekly insights. So we give our most insightfulness on that one topic. And we just um, got off of the this one, which or this week's, which was open-mindedness. And I know in politics you probably have seen the most closed-minded people and I you probably have experience with open-minded people, which I hope you have, and I, I know you have because you've probably met so many people, but Give me that whole, you know, spiel of yours, because now it sounds like you've definitely gotten yourself into be a lot more, I mean, maybe that's the misunderstanding from the public that you're closed-minded, but I mean, give me that understanding of yourself on open-mindedness and just trying to, to work your way to what you're trying to get to through that. Yeah, so when I first started in politics, mm-hmm. I knew what I
1: wanted, and I knew when I wanted it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to win an election and I wanted to prove everybody wrong, that was against me. Obviously, there was more people for me than against me because I got elected. But I think what's important for people watching this that know me or just in general is once you, you know, come to the realization of why you're in a fight or why you're in a business, Mm -hmm. you become less, you know, um, argumentative Mm -hmm. or less you know, I want to get back at somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think over the years in doing this, I've been on the school board now for five years. It doesn't seem like it's been that fast because I know you helped me with my students for Smith account and, and, um, and rallied some of the students to get behind me. And again, it goes back to how we've been consistent mm-hmm. the whole time of getting young people. Just wanted to point that out yeah. there, that consistency. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, okay, when I first started in politics... You had so much incoming heat because you're young. You're 18 years old, 19 years old, running in politics, and they didn't want any place at the table for you. And it just puts up a defense mechanism of, okay, I finally proved people wrong. But once I've been doing this for a long time and I've heard all these different opinions, I think the public would be shocked of how much actual nonpartisan I've become. Yes, I've met President Trump, but people don't know I've actually met Secretary Clinton too and Obama. Mm-hmm. They just don't see those photos because I don't post those photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, back when I was like really ape, you know really political towards one party, and I think what I've started to do is I've started to peel back and be like, okay, to get more people along for the ride, to inspire more people, the partisan approach of shoving my views down someone's throat is not going to work. So this year I've really started to change and grow. And that's another key word in a business or in politics, growing. I started to grow as a leader and realize, wait a second, there's a lot more in common with people than we tend to believe. Clean drinking water, safe roads, infrastructure, okay, lower taxes, or, you know, uh, staying out of people's lives. Don't tell them how to live their life. If they want to marry a certain person, do it. Whatever. Okay? I've come to realize that you're actually going to inspire more people and bring more people into the conversation if you just stick to things that are the common good. How can we bring people together? So what the public has witnessed over the course of the last several years, is a Matthew Smith that is very aggressive, that is very, you know, staunch on a certain issue. But over time, I've grown as a politician. And I've realized that I want a place at the table for everybody. And so I have spent the first probably 25% of my term using my mouth more than my ears. Now that I've realized the job and realized what needs to be done and when it needs to be done, I've started using the ears more than the mouth, and that's important because you have to listen to your constituents. You have to listen to your people in business, Mm -hmm. and I think that's how I've grown as a leader, and for me to admit that I've grown, I think, is huge because a lot of people don't want to admit that they're learning. I don't know it all. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys can admit the same. You're learning, too, in your business. Nobody knows everything. And um, I'm growing as a leader. And I realize if my goal, if my real goal is to be elected official in politics, make good policy for the public, make good changes for the public, and run other people and include them you know, to make changes, if that's my goal and my end goal is to be really successful in government mm-hmm. and have other people be successful in government then having a big ego and having a big chip on the shoulder is not going to get you anywhere. It's going to create more haters, mm-hmm. and it's going to create people that just say, well, he's not approachable. So I, I've i grown as a leader, and I want to be the approachable politician that people can come to with a problem. And we see it all the time. I mean, every day I wake up, I've got 20, 30 issues that people are hitting me with that I want to help them with, mm-hmm. whether it's their kid's education, whether it's something at all these other boards I serve on. I mean, I've got a very wide resume of different things. But I think the bottom line is, is if we want to inspire more people, we have to respect them. We have to respect their viewpoints. And like I said, the beginning of my term, I've talked more than I've listened. Mm -hmm. And I've just tried to always constantly prove myself and what I've been missing this whole time is instead of trying to prove yourself, if you do the good work, that is the proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the proof. It speaks for itself when you're it don't speaks have to for speak. itself. Yeah. So that's what I've realized is politics and government and life is not about talking points. Mm-hmm. It's not about talking to people or trying to always prove yourself that you are trying to do something. Go out and show people. Right. Go out, get 50 people elected. Turn those 50 people into politicians that are now giving back to hundreds of thousands of people. Okay? And with my elected seat, put your money where your mouth is. Give back. Let your actions be proven to yourself. Stop trying to be something you're not. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to always you know, prove yourself to people that you are something. Screw that. Okay, go out, do what you were elected to do, do what thousands of people put you in that seat to do, and if you do what you're supposed to do, and you include everybody and stop dividing people, R's, D's, red, blue, okay, just help everybody, lift everybody up, okay, now there's going to be times where I am opinionated. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times where I disagree with a decision, and I will be vocal. I will get on the evening news and hoot and holler about it, mm-hmm. okay, okay? But that's because that's my passion. Back to the word passion. That's my passion coming out. But it's on issues that other people watching the news, eating their TV dinner, like, yep, there's Matt Smith fighting again. But this time, it's, it's for the right reasons. And that's what growing as a leader is about, growing as a person, mm-hmm. is you have to be willing to make changes to yourself that are still who you are. And that's what I've done, is I've realized that, wait a second, This is a lot easier than what it tends to be if you just do what you're supposed to do and don't always pick fights with people. You know, find common ground. Now, like I said, there's going to be times where I just, I can't vote for something. I'm a no vote. I feel like something's corrupt. I feel like something's not ethical. And I'm just going to vote no and explain why I voted no. And over time, people will understand why I made that decision. But nobody's perfect. Nobody's pretending to be perfect. And to bring this whole thing home, if people just stick to who they are, grow as a person, grow as a leader, and make it to where you're not trying to prove yourself to people, your actions, your hard work, your determination will be the mouthpiece Mm -hmm. instead of the divisive rhetoric or the divisive culture of the the, the, the different issues out there. And that's what I've learned as a leader. And what I, what I found by doing that is I'm getting calls from different state senators, text messages from different people who are Democrats or Republicans or Green Party or Libertarians because they actually really dig what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to fight for everybody, you know, and bring everybody into the conversation. And... um I think if you include more people and you just don't say this is my way or the highway Mm -hmm. and you have the approach of lifting everyone's spirit up, including everybody, I think what you're going to find is you're going to be more successful in the long run because more people are going to be open to listening to you and follow your message. And... We have to remember it's not always our message. It's the message of us as a team. And by growing, you become more of a team player. And you become more of a person that wants to work with everybody. And, and, and it takes a learning experience. You know, I, I have a six-year seat on the board. So, you know, I've won my election, won the other election. And um, so I've got a while that I'm going to be in politics until I have to run again. The question in front of me is the rest of my term, okay, that I get to sit in this seat or that seat or the other, am I going to put myself first and continue that divisive rhetoric or, you know, really, like, not include people? Or am I going to say, hey, look, I am blessed that I, as an individual, can make some changes to my community in a positive way. Am I going to do it or am I going to fall for the negativity and my answer is, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. Um, and I kind of want to bring up two things that you said. Um, the, the team player thing. Uh, basically, growth makes you become that team player instead of trying to become the team captain. Right. And that's that, that perspective that you have to have while you grow, while you uh, you know listen and you know, take grains of salt from every situation and experience that you've had. And then figure out how to put that into you know a way that you can mold on how you are at the current point because a lot of times, and this goes for a business idea, this goes for political views, obviously, um, you know, just regular views or your job, your day-to-day life. Um, you know, it comes back to there is going to be some change with time. You know, a lot of times, uh, especially with a big business decision that you're going to make. Um, what I do is I try to, or any, any kind of big decision in your life is I try to wait five, seven days. Um, because a lot of times with your either personal brand or your business, um, you don't want to make a decision right away because we're all human. We have emotions and with emotions, a lot of times I'd say 80% or more of those decisions that are made on that, uh, that emotion that you had right at that time that you were forced or not necessarily forced, but you were uh, faced with that decision, you're going to make the wrong decision. You're going to look back and you're going to say, Oh man, I should have waited. I should have done this other thing, but then it's too late. You've already made that decision. So that's, that's kind of one piece of advice is, you know, kind of what out of what you were saying, make sure that you keep checking yourself, have those checks and balances in your head and also, another thing that you were talking about is using, you know, your hearing, using your listening more than speaking. And I think that's, a, we've done a really good job on that because we always reach out to as many people as we can. We try to connect with as many people as we can, get as much advice and get that constructive criticism, put us in a position to be, uh, you know, potentially negatively uh, opinion. Uh, that's not a word. I was going to say opinion added, you know, but basically putting us in a position to have negative opinions on us or positive opinions in um, figuring out, you know, how to use all of those grains of salt and what I call, you know, basically your personal, um, the way you are at this current time, that's your salt shaker. <laughs> and when you can use those, those, that hearing in those ears that you have, um, you take all those pieces of grains of salt. You continue to add to your salt shaker, and you season every single day with that salt. So it's, it's how you're going to take those grains of salt, have an open mind, and continue to season your life so that you can continue to change in a better way. And taking the, the bumps in the road,
1: because there's going to be bumps. Yes. And taking the bumps in the road and using those to your advantage by learning from it, growing from it, and uh, being a better person as a result of something that, you know, was negative in your career. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important is to, you know, learn from your mistakes, whether it be in business, politics. There's going to be times where, you know, you make the wrong business call, you hire the wrong person, and it totally backfires. Or, you know, you, um, you're on a project and one of your um, employees, you know, it breaks a window or something and there's damage done there's going to be bumps in the road but the question is is what do we want tomorrow to look like do we want to you know sit in the moment and and not grow or do we want to say okay we're going to take this experience and we are going to grow as a person learn from that and um live a better life as a result not just in the profession but as a person Mm -hmm. i mean the simple fact is is what people don't really know and they need to be reminded of is you're not just looking at someone who's in politics here or two business leaders you're looking at human beings we have emotion we have a family that we love we have you know friends we're real people we laugh when things are funny we cry when things are sad. We're real people growing and learning, too. Mm. And, you know, we just have to make sure one of the biggest things that I've learned is we cannot allow our professions to mold us into people we're not outside of the profession, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Just not getting corrupted in a way. Right. By allowing yourself to fall into that right
1: and and in politics especially Mm -hmm. because there's times where people in the community uh, other leaders have asked me to do things that i am not comfortable with Mm -hmm. and
0: you know that's borderline corrupt yeah and just kind of a random question um but it kind of goes along with what we're, we're talking about right now um i know the political well i don't really know anything about the political world because i've i've just never been in it as much as you have but um, all that I've seen just from you know, either the media or just you know, things that I've heard down the, down the grapevine and things like that, it's a crazy industry if you want to call it an industry. Um, so it, has there ever been a time where you're, that you can pinpoint that it was like you know, this situation was pretty crazy or I would have never thought that I would have been faced with a situation like this that you can speak about I guess? Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, there's just so many. Uh-huh.
1: I mean, and the thing is, is you've got to remember too, you've got other groups other than people working against you. You know, you've got sometimes in some cases the media doesn't necessarily report what's going on or whatever. But there are a lot of times where they try to come after my family. They try to come after uh-huh. my, um, you know, me personally. I don't really care if people come after me. That's expected with the territory. Uh-huh. But I never thought they would come after my family, you know, try to mess with different people. But again, you just you take the negative, mm-hmm. and you spin it to a positive. Then you go back out and you have those victories that you were describing earlier, those little victories that add up to be bigger victories. So you know, if the news media runs a hit piece on you, or um, you know, something you said was taken out of context at a meeting, or something you said out, you know, in the public was taken out of context. Whatever negative is going on, you know, the truth always prevails. The truth always comes out, and the end result is what you make it and what the truth makes it. But what I like to do is every single time there's something negative said about me or what I'm doing, and I'm sure you can see this in business, anytime you get a negative comment, a negative review, anything, what I like to do, instead of sitting and pouting about it, I like to go out and, and rock it out and do more good things, more positive things. So every time someone attacks me, like this year was probably the perfect example. You know, uh, the media's beating me up for whatever. I mean, every day it's something new. And, um, you know, people are trying to remove me from my seat. And it's just real negative. What did I do despite all that? I went out and got my mother elected with the most votes in history. Okay. You kept moving forward. You kept moving forward, mm-hmm. and you kept doing what you know what's best. Mm-hmm. So if I would have listened to all the hate this year, and ever since I've been elected, I people have been gunning for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the truth, and there, I've got proof to back that up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But instead of listening to the rhetoric or the lies being told about you or the misconstruing whatever, you just go out and rock that shit. And that's what I did was, you know... I went out, got my mom elected, and now it's like everyone's quiet because it's like, wait a second. We thought we were going to attack him and he was going to go bye-bye. And then now his mom's on the elected board. Oh, boy. Every time we attack him, he's just getting
0: stronger. Well, it's because your actions, that's, that's what's speaking. And that that's what shuts people up in the end, you know. And you that's, why that's why everyone's quiet. That's why everybody's
1: quiet. There hasn't been anything towards me mm-hmm. because I went out and I said, okay, you know, you want to continue to be negative towards me, I'm gonna have to prove you again, <laughs> make the point. And then now everybody's quiet. They moved on to attacking a different young politician. There's a guy over in the Flushing district. He's now the new target, and they've left Matt Smith alone. So it's like you got to keep. Persistent. Keep proving yourself that, listen, I'm not going to take this bullshit. I'm not going to take this. And this is the same with business, with politics, is you just got to keep going. So, you know, you guys, if you get hate or whatever, you go out, you recruit 15 more customers. Mm. In my case, if I take hate, I go out, I win more elections. I make more policies that put everyone first, including the people that were complaining about me. Because, again, if I'm truly in this for the right reasons, the
0: right thing to do. if yeah. I'm
1: truly in this for the right reasons, mm-hmm. then the decisions I make are going to be good even for the naysayers. Mm-hmm. So if you just keep pumping full of positive and doing positive things, they're, they're going to be like, well, <laughs> we've tried to destroy him. We've tried to do everything we possibly can to make him crumble. But he always, when he gets knocked down, he gets back up again, and he's becoming stronger. <laughs> so... We might not want to mess with him anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what you got to do. you just got to stay persistent, put your foot on the accelerator, prove people wrong, but do it in a way where it's not revengeful, it's tactful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do it in a way that what you are doing is not out of spite, it's out of, you know, for the betterment of the community. For example, me getting my mother elected, okay, is... Revenge to them, so they think. But really, it, I did it because she's going to be what's best for students, mm-hmm. what's best for faculty. So you can still make your point by staying positive. So when people, you know, talk about gas money, or if they do, I mean, I, I'm not saying I've seen a specific example. Everything I've seen has been positive. But for as an example, when someone tries to take you down and smear you. Or say, you know, this company did this, or they lie in a review and say you left nails in the driveway or something mm-hmm. stupid, for example. Right. And you know it's not true, just brush it off. Keep going. And prove your case
0: through your success. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean <laughs> well that's that that's well said. said. That's all I gotta say. But I mean, um with that being said to it's it's pretty crazy. I, I think for the viewers, um, one thing I want to tell you, how what we've done is to get to this point, especially in a knowledge sense, um, because yes, Rob's done some business classes at FSU. Yes, we've done a couple of things in high school, um, but realistically, I, I truly believe 90 percent of our knowledge and experience and our skill set that we have today is from jumping in and, and having those experiences. And with that being said is what what you're seeing now is how life really works. It's how you can learn, you can build your life and, and move forward in your life from learning from somebody that you know you probably didn't even know in your head or, or a separate industry that you didn't even think in your head could align. But you're seeing right now a major example of two – what you probably have thought when you, when you got on this podcast two probably completely different things with business and politics, because a lot of times, you know, with, with that being said, you don't always want to connect those, but they are completely aligned through this conversation. And so don't be afraid when you're reaching out to people, we always advocate to find mentors, find people that you can, like I said, keep getting those grains of salt to put in your salt shaker, um, don't be afraid to reach out to people that, you know, maybe not even be in, in what you think the same, uh, you know, parallel as you. But lo and behold, tonight we have found that out in many, many examples that there are complete parallels to uh, what you guys might have thought were different industries in general. So that was just a little bit of my thought on the whole night in general. I mean, do you have anything else? You've, you've talked to the camera a lot, which is awesome, and, and the people that are listening. Um, just for the young generations, you know, what do you have to say right now to them other than what you've already said?
1: Well, I think a lot of people that live in our community, most of them know me, know what I'm about. They either like me, don't like me. But I think the message that I'm trying to convey through this podcast is there's a lot of people that are more alike than we think in this world we have a lot more in common than we have differences and I think moving forward and I'm learning this too I'm learning this too because I know some of my actions uh, when it comes to politics when I first got elected I thought I knew everything I thought that you know it was going to be easy but you learn and you grow and what I've learned is we need to start Building bridges with each other. we need to start lifting each other up. We need to start being friends with people. Reach out to people you graduated with. Don't lose contact with those people. You know keep your family um, involved in your life. Find out what you want to do. If there's something that you've always wanted to do, but the finances weren't there or the, the drive wasn't there, you know reach out to Rob Austin. Reach out to me. Okay, you've got three individuals here on this podcast that want to help people. We, we we truly want to help people, and the simple fact is is if we have more inspiration moving forward than division, whether it be business, politics, there's going to be competition in politics and business, whether we like it or not. That's just the nature of the beast. But in some respects, politicians and business leaders. Do we want to endorse that division or endorse inspiration? And I think the consensus from this podcast is there's a lot more in common with people than we really think. And I could just imagine the other stories that are out there mm-hmm. if people just connect the dots. And I think moving forward, what people need to do is just be there for your friends, be there for each other. But most importantly, Don't sit back and let the days go by to chase your dreams. Chase your dreams. Chase Chase your dreams. dreams. i got to be a little bit politically correct. (laughs) Chase your dreams. Go out there. Do what you want to do. Don't take no for an answer. Take risks. And sometimes you feel like, okay, this is never going to happen. Okay? I wanted to meet the former presidents. I wrote them a letter. Okay, I got to meet all of them. Never thought it was going to happen. You know, you've got to take risks. Put yourself out there. Put your name out there. Apply for that job. Start that business. You know, grow as a person. Continuously learn. You know, pick up a book. Read a book. You know, uh, look at different examples of what goes wrong with people and what goes right and learn from that. Mm -hmm. But most importantly... You know, you have to stay persistent in what you want to accomplish. And you have to, you know, stay on the right path. Don't take status quo for an answer. There's a lot of discussion tonight on status quo, that everything has to be done a certain way. Just know one thing. This is your life. This is your story. This is your destiny. And you
2: are the author. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was awesome. And uh, before we go... Um, what are some socials or ways people can get a hold of you if they'd like to connect?
1: Sure, I'm on Facebook, um, just Matthew Smith on Facebook. And then on Twitter, Instagram, the
2: rest, it's at Matthew with two Ts, Smith Jr. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was an awesome podcast. We're almost at two hours. Um, ton of value points in this, and I'm sure we'll be getting you back on soon. And uh, just like Matthew said, if there's anybody out there who has their own ideas and wants to connect, we're also looking to bring new guests on the podcast as well, um, whether you're in school or college or in your career or have a business of your own. If you think you could add any value to this podcast and just bring on a new perspective, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. But, uh, and if yeah, you want to
1: run for office, call me. Yes,
2: exactly. Go. Well, thank you again, Mr. Thank Smith. You. It was a pleasure as always. Thank, thank you, you very you. much. Awesome. All right. And as yeah. we always say, as we always say, go, go get, get that, that gas money. money.